Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I speak with future saints about being saints. Today's podcast is titled, How to Deal with Heartache. Hi guys, this is Brendan Gotta, once again with another Gotta Be Saints podcast. It is always a joy to be here with you. Before we get going, I want to shout out our sponsors. Firstly, the Catholic Company. You've heard me say it before, but they are truly a one-stop shop for all your Catholic needs. they got rosaries, books, clothing, anything, you name it. Need a First Communion gift? They have it. Need something for confirmation? Yep. Need something for your mom? Yep. Use code BRENDAN for 20% off your order. That's code BRENDAN, B-R-E-N-D-A-N, for 20% off your order. Also, want to shout out our other sponsor, Good Catholic. If you've listened to this podcast, you might be aware that the Gotta Be Saints podcast is on the Good Catholic Network. What is Good Catholic? It is a multimedia digital platform that really invites you to grow in your faith with individual series that focus on different topics of the faith, with podcasts, with blog articles. Good Catholic really offers everything that you can think of to to do just that, to grow in your faith. So use code GBS for 20% off your purchase. That could be on one of the digital series. That could be on one of our live events. And that could also be on just one of our physical products. So use code GBS for 20% off. Okay, so we're here to talk about heartache. How do you, how does one deal with heartache? This might seem like a silly topic for me to be discussing as a married man. If you've listened to this podcast continually, you know that I'm married very happily. I love my wife dearly. And yet, as you might also be aware, I've been focusing on different topics that I feel like I've grown to speak about over the last 10 years. I just turned 30 and was thinking about the things that have really stuck out to me over the last 10 years. And one of those has been heartache and, and how to how to deal with it. Now, for the sake of this episode, I'm not going to go in length of different relationships that did or did not work out. I, I think the reality is this. One worked out really well, and that's my marriage. And the others to a certain degree, all worked out because they taught me so much about myself and about others. And so I'm thankful for them. But all that being said, there have been challenges that come with dating and it not working out. And so, of course, I want to talk a little bit about that because I think this is a topic that many people struggle with. Many people find it hard to move forward after a relationship does not work out. And so I want to talk a little bit about that Of course, without going into great details, I want to be respectful of my spouse. I want to be respectful of the women I dated before. I want to be respectful of myself. Uh, But I do think it's, it's worth focusing on here today. So hopefully if you're listening to this, maybe, maybe you're married or maybe you're in a great relationship or you've been married for 30 years. Um, So maybe this topic doesn't seem all that helpful to you. But I do think there'll be certain things that 
might be might be helpful, even if this is not the state in life that you're dealing with or haven't dealt with. But you also might know someone in this space. So I invite you to send this podcast over to them if if it seems like it would be helpful. So I guess to start, I'll I'll just share a little bit, um, you know, kind of stating a few things that I'd like to cover. I mean, I think firstly, we have to understand, we have to indicate that heartache does happen. It's real. And it's not a bad thing. If this is you, if you're in a state where you're dealing with some heartache, it's okay. It's it's a normal thing. And it's not a bad thing. I, I know it might feel bad, uh, but the Lord can use it if you're only willing to let him. Secondarily, I want to say that giving it time is important. So many people end up in relationships and they end and the first thing they're thinking about is where's my next relationship? And that's not bad to be moving forward, but sometimes they do that without giving themselves some space and time to to heal, to analyze, to reflect on that last relationship. And I think that's important to to talk about today. I think comparison can be dangerous. Do not compare yourself to those around you who are in relationships, especially the ones that you think are so perfect. Not to say that they might not be. They might be great relationships. But at the same time, understand every relationship has its difficulties. And your job here is not to compare yourself to your happiest friend or your saddest friend. Instead, it's to sit with the Lord in your own space and say, Lord, this is what I'm dealing with. And I need you to come into that space, not the space of my friend or my neighbor or my sibling, but my space, my space alone. And and lastly, with, with that being said, that's kind of the key point. Christ has to be at the center of all of this. And if he is at the center of all of this, I think great things can come about, especially healing, restoration, and moving forward in a way that is going to be beneficial. So I I was reflecting on this topic just yesterday. And one of the, the key things that came up as I was, as I was kind of praying about this topic and just jotting down some thoughts was we're called to be saints, not robots. Now, of course, here at the got to be saints podcast, I talk about this all the time. This really is my clarion call. You're called to be a saint. Let's do it. Let's do it together. But at the same time, we're, we're called to do this not in a robotic way. As I said already, you know, for many people, it's like, move on, get over it. You're fine. But that's, that's not how the human heart works. It's not the human condition. So the sooner we recognize that, that this is normal, that us as people having feelings is okay, the better off we are. So on that note, I do want to just kind of briefly give a little bit of my own story. And like I said, I'm going to be respectful of my spouse, myself, and the people I've dated, but uh, I can give, you know, just a brief overview. I'm 30 years old. I got married just a year and a half ago or a little less than that. And truly, before I met my spouse, I dealt with many a heartbreak. I remember getting to college and, and starting to really desire to be in relationship. I've shared this before, but I had the feeling that I was going to leave college at 21 and, and be ready to marry whoever I was dating at the time. Well, that didn't happen. And so 
for really the next 10 years from that 18 to 28 space, I did my part to pursue relationship. I dated a few different people over those 10 years. And by the grace of God, there's not a person I dated that I would say really anything negative about. Sure, there might be things that I would say in line with they could probably grow in X area or Y area or their lack of maturity in this space might have hurt me. But at the same time, in terms of character, overall character, I was blessed at the people I pursued and dated were good and are good. And so that's a great gift, but that does not mean that on either side, both me and them included, that it was perfect. You know, we're, we're human, we're, we're broken, we're sinful. And so for those 10 years, I was on both ends of the breakup. I was the person who was broken up with. And also in a few instances, I was the person ending things. And so heartbreak was a reality of my 20s. And I don't say that in a bad way. It's just how things went. And I think I look back most especially at the later years. I was in a few more serious relationships toward the time before I met my spouse. And in those relationships, it seems that I was uh, was typically the person who was being broken up with. And I remember those feelings pretty clearly. I remember being in those instances and just having to sit there with the raw feelings of a breakup, understanding that this was not what I was expecting. This is not what I was wanting. And yet having to in a sense, pick up the pieces. I think there were a few things, things that I want to talk about more here at length, that made those moments, made those weeks, those months, at times what seemed like years, be able to move forward. There were things that I was able to attach myself to, connect with, that kept me going in a positive way. I would like to believe that in the hardest of these circumstances, I never lost my faith. And maybe more specifically, I never lost my joy. I remained joyful throughout, even amongst difficult times. And I think in large part, that was because of the Lord. The Lord was there, and he was so good to me. So on that note, I want to kind of dive a little bit more into some of those points that I was talking about. I want to hit on this point of feeling. You know, if you are in this space, if you have dealt with heartbreak, it's hard. It's tough. It's not fun. But it is okay to feel. It's okay to experience hurt and to struggle with it. 
but it doesn't have to be the end. It does not have to be the end all be all. I think for so many of us, we, we find ourselves in this space and it's, it's just hard to comprehend afterwards. How do I move forward? You know, you feel like Romeo and Juliet. You're just sitting there. Oh, what was me? Poetry. I need poetry to, to understand what I'm going through. Nobody knows me. Nobody understands this. And that's, that, that's okay. It's okay to feel. It's okay to wallow a little bit. But at the same time, I, I think that we have to recognize what's going on here. It's not the end. Firstly, let's look at your situation. You know, there's unique situations. So that comparison, it's got to go away. For so many people, they, you know, we'll talk about their relationship. And, and the funny thing is timelines are, are so different. You have friends or family, or maybe it's been yourself where you date someone for like a month, which in some minds is not a short amount of time. And in others, it's like, that is a snap of the finger, four weeks, really. And the differences of connection in that time period is, is vast. So this is where comparison is no good. Because some people feel differently. Some people naturally are inclined to grow in relationship much faster than others. I know even with my own spouse, luckily this worked out positively, but I was in love with her so quickly. A woman I just met, many people would have thought me crazy, but it was only a few months into our relationship that I said, I love you. And it was even before that that the feeling was there. This is my story. This is not every person's story. I know people who take over a year to say that phrase, to be in a relationship with someone day after day and not be able to voice that. There's not a right way or a wrong way. It's just who you are, person to person. And so for myself, I've always felt like I fall in love quickly. Or... I come to to care about the person faster than others. But that's me. That's that's not everyone. But I think this is important to understand. This is part of understanding heartbreak. Understanding yourself is key to being able to move forward, to push on, to persevere. Another thing to understand here in this space if you're if you're looking to overcome heartbreak, You have to understand that discernment is a two-way street. I know for myself, when I was in a relationship before my wife, I was on the other end of the breakup I was broken up with. And there was just this huge part of me that kind of was like, but I feel so strongly about you. And I voiced it. I was willing to put it all out there and to say how I felt that, I thought that this decision was ill-advised, it was poor, it wasn't right, it wasn't what I thought was best for us. And I felt like in prayer, everything was telling me to keep pursuing what was before me. And of course, you know, the person I was dating did not feel the same way and made it very clear, very plain. And so discernment here was a two-way street. But not being chosen did not mean that I was broken. 
And I think that's a vital thing for all of you who are listening to this, who are in this space, maybe or have been in this space or are still sitting within the breakup. Understand that not being chosen does not mean you're broken. Because I want you to ask yourself a question. Interested in learning more about your faith? I invite you to check out Good Catholic. They are a digital media brand focused on sharing and teaching about the faith. From podcasts to blogs to digital series, Good Catholic has it all. Use the code in the show notes to get 20% off your order at Good Catholic. Honest to goodness. Would you rather be with someone who, who really wants you or not? And I know that's a tough question because the answer probably, if you're in this space, is I want to be with the person that I liked before, but I want them to want me. Well, understand this. You deserve to be desired. Both man and woman, you deserve to be desired. You deserve to be loved. You deserve to be cherished. You deserve to be wanted, respected, cared for. This is real. So the lie from the devil is that you don't deserve it, that you're not worthy of real love, that because of your personality or your looks or a little bit of both, you're not, you're not wanted, you're not desired. And that's not true. The reality is that the Lord has a plan. He truly has a plan for you. And the thing to understand, especially in that heartbreak, is just that, that the Lord has a plan for you. And if you can lean into that, if you can lean into this reality that he has a plan for you, you're going to be able to better move forward. You're going to be able to at least see the sun the next day. And there might be some clouds over the sun, but I promise you this, if you can just see it just a little bit peeking through, it's going to be a lot better than only seeing a cloud with rain falling down. (laughs) Your day will be so much better if you have that perspective. And if you truly believe that you deserve to be desired, the desert that you're going to be in, in this space, it's a tough one. But if you're willing to go there, I, I truly believe that it's worth it. I share that, you know, I've dealt with some heartbreak, but what I think is more beautiful to share is that moment where things finally did work out. I want to just share briefly about my story with my wife. I, like I said, I dated for years and years and had things just go sideways, but through it all, I I remained at peace. And the big reason was I had spoken with the Lord so much about this. I had told him how I felt. I told him my innermost feelings. And we always came back to the same thing. He said, Brendan, do you trust me? And just like Peter, in John 6, at the Bread of Life discourse, I responded, Lord, where would I go? You have the words of eternal life. I was resigned to recognize that although the path that the Lord had put before me at this point did not make sense, I had to to keep trusting. 
I had to keep leaning in to this space. And so, of course, when I finally met my spouse, my future spouse, all of those dreams and aspirations and goals and hopes for a relationship were put before me. And just like the wedding feast at Cana, where the where the waiter comes out and says, you've saved the good wine for last. Most people serve the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely an inferior one, but you have saved the good wine for last. Just like that wedding feast, the Lord was putting forth this best wine for me. This best wine being my now spouse. Meredith and I just started talking. A friend introduced us. We got on the phone and we talked for two hours the first day. I don't really remember much about the conversation other than I felt at peace. I knew she could talk and I liked that because I was willing to listen. She had lots of feelings and thoughts. She still does. And I appreciate them all the same. It was so good to the point where the next day I wanted to talk to her more and more and more. And we kept texting and we kept getting on the phone, but I was very clear in my mind that I needed to be fully myself, but also give her the space to open up to me, to just be understanding that I was there, that I was a healthy, strong, calm presence, and that I wanted to care for her if, if it ended up being something she desired to. And a few weeks later, we finally got to meet in person. And by the end of that weekend, we were dating. And months later, we were engaged. And months after that, married. And throughout this whole journey, throughout this whole progression, I fell in love with this woman in such a deep way. Because she challenged me to be the very best. She challenged me to be my best self, to really look at how I lived my life and to desire more, to love the Lord in a deeper way. Because if I loved him better, I could love her better. And in turn, if I loved her better, I could love him better. And it has been a beautiful journey ever since. And I do feel as if each day I get to grow in holiness because of my bride. I'm given opportunities for sacrifice, for growth, for change. I'm given the opportunity to plant seeds and watch them grow. And this is through my relationship, but it was not before dealing with some heartbreak. It was not before I had to learn what I was looking for, learn that God's plan is not always my plan. It is quite honestly never my plan, but it's always better than my plan. So my invitation to you, if you're listening to this, is to, to maybe reflect on that passage. Reflect on the wedding feast at Cana. Put yourself there. If this is really what you desire so fully, is to be married, is to be in relationship with someone then I want you to trust that that is something that God wants to give you as well. And if it's not, if it turns out that you never end up married, I want you to know this. Whatever God has in store for you is actually better for you. Listen to that one more time. If, if God does not call you to marriage, 
and he invites you instead into religious life or, or even the single life, understand that he is going to fulfill your time here on earth in an even deeper way. He's going to fill the cup in a deeper way because that's how good he is. His goodness is real. It's everlasting. It's overflowing. And so when you look at the wedding feast of Canaan, when you read this passage, put yourself there. Follow the words of the Blessed Mother. Do whatever he tells you. If you lean into that, you want to find a way to deal with heartbreak, do whatever he tells you. If God is inviting you into this season for more prayer time, lean into that. If he's inviting you into community in a different and more deep way, lean into that. If he is inviting you into more time with your family, lean into that. To give, to serve. There's purpose here. Just like St. Peter says at the Transfiguration, it's good that we are here. So too, you should be able to say that same thing in this season even. Even in the hardest of seasons, the seasons of heartbreak, you should be able to say, Lord, it is good that we are here. And it might be very difficult in the moment, but I promise you this, if you really are following his plan, eventually you will be able to say that. Because I look at the last relationship I was in before my wife, and I felt like I was in this desert. I felt like, Lord, I just can't seem to get this thing to work. Am I so broken? Am I so not it for someone? Am I not listening to you? Am I supposed to be a priest or something? And now I can look back and say, no, these seasons were good. It was an opportunity for growth, developing my character, something I would never take back. So again, what you do at this time in the desert is key. Talk to your friends, stay close to family, and more importantly, stay close to the sacraments. Lean in to Jesus Christ, who he is. If you feel like suffering is something you can't understand, you you can't deal with, you can't find someone to relate to you in this way. All of my friends are married. All of my friends have kids. All of my friends are happy. If you feel like there's not a soul in the world who can understand or relate to your sorrow, your suffering, look at the cross. I know that sounds like a cop-out, but it's not. It's not at all. Jesus Christ died for you. He suffered in a way that is unimaginable. And he did so for you. But he also did so as to leave us with an example of what true love looks like. And it's something that we in turn need to to look at, to grow with. So look to the cross. Look to Jesus Christ. He's there on the on the cross with his hands spread out. And I don't think that is without reason. I think his hands are outspread to embrace us. He's suffering, but he's saying, look, I'm here for you. Even in this suffering, I'm here for you. I want to embrace you. Come to me. What a gift. In this season, we can grow in relationship with Christ. And this might be a hard point for for some listeners to understand or, or to agree with, but I think it is, I think it is true. When you think about your time on this earth, 
it's essential, I think, to step away from this belief or understanding that in this life you are just guaranteed perfect happiness, that you are guaranteed this life that you have written on your heart, that you have scripted out. You're guaranteed the life that the Lord Today's podcast is sponsored by The Catholic Company. The Catholic Company is a one-stop shop for all your Catholic needs. From rosaries to books to clothing, The Catholic Company has it all. Use the code in the show notes to get 20% off your order. Has ordained for you. If only you accept the graces that he puts before you. But happiness is not necessarily guaranteed. But what is guaranteed, especially when you pursue holiness in a real way, or when you pursue holiness in a real way, is a life of peace. And with that peace will come joy. Because the saints give us such good examples of joy that is lived out even amidst the suffering that they deal with. Because God has a real plan for you and for me. And that plan, if it's lived out, will bring about a lasting joy. It will bring about fulfillment in a way that is unimaginable. There's a great quote by St. Mary Magdalene de Pazzi. She said, you will be consoled according to the greatness of your sorrow and affliction. The greater the suffering, the greater will be the reward. The greater the suffering, the greater will be your reward. She's speaking about that joy and peace that comes even in the midst of suffering. St. Maximilian Kolbe said, For Jesus, I am prepared to suffer still more. What if that was our mindset? What if that was our, our feeling every time we looked at the cross, every time we woke up? We said, Lord, for you, I w- I'm prepared to suffer more. St. Augustine says, God had one son on earth without sin, but never one without suffering. Recognize that, that suffering is real, but there is a brighter day. St. Gemma said, if you really want to love Jesus, first learn to suffer, because suffering teaches you to love. Think about that. If you really want to love Jesus, first learn to suffer, because suffering teaches you to love. And understand that although your situation might be difficult or bleak or hard to understand, the Lord will use it if you only let him. I saw a great article on Alatea as I was doing some prep for this, and they had an article focusing on a few blesseds and saints that dealt with heartbreak. One was Blessed Maria And she was the oldest of seven children in Paraguay. And when she was a teenager, she made a vow of chastity. But when she was in her 20s, she fell in love with this medical student. And she thought maybe, just maybe the Lord was calling her to a Josephite marriage. But then (laughs) the man that she loved discerned that he was called to the priesthood. 
But what did she do with that? She supported him in his vocation. And she then became a Carmelite. What a beautiful testimony of somebody who dealt with heartbreak, but also leaned into what the Lord was calling her to. Understanding that there was joy to be found in that vocation as a sister. They shared another one of Blessed Conception, Cabrera de Armida. She's a mystic uh, from Mexico and a married woman. But at the age of 39, her husband passed away. They had nine kids. She was devastated and she wrote, This sword pierced my soul without any consolation. This very night, the Lord presented to me the chalice and made me drink of it drop by drop. If I had not been sustained by him, then through my great weakness, I would have succumbed. What a model husband, what a model father, what an upright man. What finesse, what delicacy in his relations with me. So respectful in all his actions, so Christian in all his thoughts, so honest, so perfect in everything he did. My God. After the death of her husband, Conceda continued to just live the ordinary life of a mother of a large family. While internally, she experienced profound spiritual insights recorded in her journals. But this was a woman who understood that her life was not going to be ruined because of this heartbreak, but it was part of God's plan. Blessed Pier Giorgio, also a great example. He became friends with a woman when he was in his 20s that he he ended up falling in love with. Her name was Laura. And the way that they describe it in the Alatea article is they just say, you know, when you when Pier Giorgio fell in love, he fell hard. But he never told the woman about his feelings because his parents did not approve of the relationship. And his parents were also struggling in their marriage. And so he just didn't think that he could build a healthy marriage at that difficult time. So he, he sacrificed and he wrote to a friend. He said, I loved with a pure love. And today in renouncing it, I desire her happiness. I urge you to pray that God give me the Christian strength to bear it. And of course, he never married. He ended up passing away at at a very young age. And he never even got to share this feeling, but the heartbreak was there. But Pier Giorgio did not let it define him. I'll be quick, but I have two more that I want to share from the same article. Blessed John Joseph Latost. He felt like he was called to be a priest at a young age. But (laughs) as many of us, uh, he struggled to remain Christian at a point in his life. And he, he had doubts, but he ultimately overcame it. And he ended up falling in love with this, this woman. Her name was Cecile. And his family did not approve of the marriage, even though he was so in love with her. So yes, you read that right or heard that right. He went from wanting to be a priest at a young age to leaving the faith to then meeting this good Christian woman who ultimately brought brought him back. But then he wanted to marry her and his family just did not not want it. So he he 
took it to the Blessed Mother. And God's will was very clear. He he waited in agony. And then she ended up passing away two years later. And so through that, he ended up eventually, two years after that, entering the Dominicans and felt very strongly that that was what God had in store for him. And lastly, the last story on this article that I'll share, and I'll put this in the show notes. I think they do a good job of describing what I'm talking about. But St. Elizabeth of Hungary, she was in love with her husband, and he was one of the few men worthy of such a wife. Uh, Saint, his, his name was Louis, and, and sometimes he's called Louis the Saint. They were very happy, but he died at the age of 26 when Elizabeth was only 20. And she cried out, the world with all its joys is now dead to me. That was her response. Heartbreak. And for months she was inconsolable, but eventually she was able to find healing and resumed her works of charity. She died at the age of 24. Again, I share these, these quotes, these saint stories, because I think it's important for us to be looking at the lives of the saints. Understand we are called to be saints, but not robots. I know this is a silly phrase, but it's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. And the saints give us perfect examples of heartbreak that they dealt with. That then, of course, we can learn from. Understanding that in this life, it's going to be difficult. We're going to have challenges. And for you at home who are dealing with heartbreak, I'm so sorry. I know it's tough. Or if you're sending this over to someone and they're listening to it, I, I, I pray for them because I know it's hard. I know it's a tough season. And sometimes it feels like it lasts forever. But I think if you're willing to be raw, be honest, turn to the Lord, he's able to bring about healing in a real way, a way that you are going to eventually feel so good about because he's, he's that good. He's so capable of changing our lives in a real way. And I hope some of the practicals I gave here were, were helpful as well. And, um, you know, I, I'd be remiss to not say that there's also just an importance of what we do within the relationship before that will keep us grounded and, and able to better um, deal with heartbreak. If we live holy lives within the relationship, even if they do not work out, if one side decides that it is not for them, you'll be better able to cope with that heartbreak. The, the more we invite sin into the relationship, the harder it is going to be, especially sexual sin. It will, it will make that connection stronger than it should be. Because within dating, especially, you're discerning. You're discerning a life with someone. And I would say that if you're in a dating relationship and marriage is not at the forefront of your mind, then the relationship probably has no real long-term value and should probably be cut off. But this is aside from what I'm talking about. But my, my whole point here being, you know, the more that the relationship is lived in a Christ-like way, 
the better off you will be. I know for many of my relationships or really all of them, I feel like Christ was at the center and that saved me because although it was difficult, although I found myself asking those questions, why Lord, I could also walk away with peace of heart knowing that yes, it was tough. It's a struggle. It's hard to deal with. And Sometimes that season afterwards is a long one, but there was a clarity in my mind to know that God was in control. And I think that's a big part of, or I, I owe the fact that both sides, both me and, and these, these women were at least trying to have Christ at the center. I owe a lot of that clarity of mind and that peace in my heart to just that. So I I will stop there. I've talked for quite a while now, but I hope that this episode was helpful. I hope that hearing about these saints uh, gave you some inspiration. I hope hearing my own story gave you inspiration. Trust that the Lord has a plan for you. Trust that he is going to do something great in your life. And just like Peter at the transfiguration, be able to say, Lord, it's good that I'm here. Whatever season you're in, he has a plan for you. Lean into that. Please know of my prayers for you. Please pray for me and my wife and our family, our desire to to have a, a family as well with many kids. Please pray for that. But thank you so much. If you're listening to this podcast and you really like what you heard, I invite you to send it along to someone. It means a lot to me and it helps grow the podcast. I invite you to check out the Good Catholic Network. That is where this podcast is located. So go to goodcatholic.com. And you can find our other podcasts. Also, uh, check out The Catholic Company. Use code BRENDAN for 20% off any order. If you're looking to buy a book or a rosary or some clothing, we've got it. So check it out at thecatholiccompany.com or catholiccompany.com. And of course, lastly, if you love this podcast and you want to support it, you want to support me, you can sign up in the show notes. There's a tab there to subscribe and I would love any donation. It would be quite a gift. So feel free to check that out. Uh, Those can be monthly. And lastly, lastly, if you haven't already, give this podcast a review on Spotify or on iTunes. Thank you so much. God bless you and have a great day. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe. And check out goodcatholic.com for more details.